In a 2016 blog post after Miss South Africa, she spelled out what the condition is. It resulted in Mimi being physically female, but genetically male. Let this one sink in for everyone who always consistently tries to pull this whole like, oh, intersex does not uh, dispel the idea of the gender binary or the sex binary. It does not prove that. Uh, no, because you will still have a prostate. Okay, well, no, but you will you will still have a certain amount uh, of gametes. Uh, your chromosomes will, will certainly line up w with what your gender expectation is. Genetically, you are male. Biologically male. You're bi no biological male. This is fascinating, and it, and it should be to everyone because it, it shows how, how incredibly complex some of these things can be. Well, it's just what's extraordinary to me is they, they want to what they call degender and neutralize language, but they're doing it from a completely false pretext that you can somehow pretend biology doesn't exist particularly when it comes to someone's sex. I mean, it's incontrovertible. There's no scientific doubt about this. And yet a small group of people have been quite successful, actually, in reshaping vast sways of the way society talks and is allowed to talk. It's bullying. Uh, and we've seen the, the way um, JK Rowling has been bullied, Kathleen yeah. Stock has been bullied. Um, they've stood up to it, but, but um, it's very upsetting the way this tiny minority of people has managed to capture the discourse and to um, really talk arrant nonsense. Yeah. What's the answer to it? Science. I mean, um... Well, yes, you trust the science, of course. Yes, I will trust the science. So I've always said this is the very beginning of my days, yes? There are two sexes. Um, ah. You can talk about gender if you wish, and that's a subjective... I'm not but when people say there are a hundred genders, yeah. for example. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in that. As, as a biologist, there are... Interesting. Fox News went a little wild with the clickbait. The The headline is a little more intense. He does acknowledge there's a difference between sex and gender. And we're going to get into that, too, because even what he's saying is still a little bit behind the times. But certainly I can see why this was very useful. Now, just to set the whole thing up. I'm not truly interested in, in that discussion. I'd rather save save that for something for philosophy or some other uh, cat war to deal with. But I will say distinctly that there are, of course, two, two distinct sexes. And, and that's just how we understand the, the known world and biology. Two sexes, uh, and that's all there is to it. It's all there is to it. Fun stuff. So, uh, y'all might know this. I uh, I grew up in the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse quite a bit. I was just coming into my post-teenage years, uh, about to enter university, was starting to read a lot. Really, really enjoyed learning about biology from Richard Dawkins. Uh, really, really enjoyed reading The Selfish Gene, uh, which is where I believe uh, he coined the term meme. That's where meme comes from. That was uh, his his creation. I really enjoyed The Greatest Show on Earth, which basically uh, tells a story. What if a detective was to have to explain to everyone how evolutionary biology works? In my formative years, these books taught me a lot, and I really enjoyed Richard Dawkins. And then I really started enjoying Christopher Hitchens, because Christopher Hitchens, I mean, come on, he was just like, yeah, how do they describe him? A nuclear silo, that man was. He could just drop bombs on God himself, nuke God into the ashes, that man did. Um, but I, I found the both of them uh, very entertaining, very fascinating writers, uh, very intelligent is what I believed at the time, and that uh, I was going to continue to devour everything that they wrote. I read a lot of Richard Dawkins' books. I also read uh, Brief Candle in the Dark, which of course is playing on Carl Sagan's A Candle in the Dark. Uh, Carl Sagan was always my favorite. He was my favorite uh, of all the scientists, I'm saying, not, not of the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen go down like this. These are the big ones. Uh, we got, of course, Christopher Hitchens, who was basically, he went from being like, hey, I'm really into, uh, uh, what is it, Greg Orville, 1987, and uh, I really like him. to Catalonia, uh, socialism, uh, fighting on the behalf of uh, the socialists versus Franco. Uh, he, he was a good man, that George that George Orwell, uh, to I'm now full-blooded neocon because 9-11 scared me. And now I'm really scared of Muslims and, and the Muslim majority. And so uh, I also noticed around that time, Richard Dawkins was doing about the same thing. He was kind of transferring a little bit because, like, I, I, I actually I actually saw Richard Dawkins. He performed. He performed uh, in Vancouver. And uh, my, my, my brother bought me tickets to go see him. And uh, it was terrible. It was really fucking terrible. I thought he was going to talk about his book. I thought he was going to talk about the God delusion. I thought he was going to talk about uh, all the concepts he talks about. He was just going off about Islam the whole time. He was like, there's no such thing as Islamophobia. And you all understand this, right? There's no such thing as Islamophobia. And, and of course, uh, no more safe spaces. No safe spaces in schools anymore. No, none of those safe spaces. You must all fuck safe spaces. Now, why the fuck are you talking about safe spaces?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And the Quran and Muslims and the fact that like Muslims are an imminent threat and all this kind of post 9-11 terrorist fear-mongering shit. Uh, I always thought Sam Harris sucked. Sam Harris was always kind of uh, just a, a piece of shit. His, his, his writing, his, his morminess is kind of like, well, I approach this from an academic standpoint, one in which I have to admit there can be distinctly no differentiation between what we believe to be truthful and what we believe to be empirically measurable. It's at that point that we can come to only but one conclusion, and that conclusion is, of course, that there is no God. Like, I was always like, you just, you sound so fucking pretentious. And again, a lot of you come from different fields. You're obviously, you're a creative writer uh, and a historian. Uh, you happen to be an evolutionary biologist. And again, in your field, very, very skilled. One of the ones that I, I've read a lot of. Uh, you're a neuroscientist, you know. The only good one was Daniel Dennett. Daniel Dennett, uh, obviously, he grew up to be okay, you know. I started noticing as time went on that a lot of these people who were supposed to be, you know, the the, the edgy atheists, the the, the, the the kings, if you will, of atheism, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, they were all just kind of really racist. Well, oh, sorry, not Daniel Dennett. Daniel Dennett's always been based. But the other three, because, I mean, Sam Harris, he went down the whole 1350 race and IQ shit. Um, Richard Dawkins can't stop talking about fucking, or at least expressing his Islamophobia. It's not a real word. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. I know that the argument would always come from the Richard Dawkins of the world to be like, okay, so we have to be able to separate the fact that uh, people in Islam, uh, that's a religion. It's a religion. So uh, it's it's not the same. I'm not, I'm not racist. It's not an ethnicity. I'm not going after a particular people. I'm going after people who are devout readers of the Quran uh, and, uh, you know, if they are extremists and that kind of stuff. That's what I'm worried about. It's like, well, yes, but you have to understand Richard Dawkins we're especially living in a post 9-11 world there seems to be a really large vilification of people who happen to have brown skin and then one of the large parts uh, that we're doing is we're vilifying a lot of the individuals who come from those countries that are predominantly Muslim countries we're associating directly Muslims with violence we're associating Muslims with terrorism and frankly the the, the one group of people who is doing the worst stuff in the planet right now uh, is America I mean America is invading Afghanistan it's invading Iraq it's bombing uh, the fuck out of them it's killing hundreds of thousands of Iraqi children like um, America seems to really be a, a violent terroristic force globally uh, it, it seems like this war on terror is America ravaging terror upon the world uh, and, and aligning with a lot of countries on the west you know I mean Canada was kind of like, hey, I will not join, I put my pepper on the steak, and Jean Chrétien says, no, fuck you, and then uh, France did the same thing, and then America was like, well, France, uh, freedom fries, traitor fries, y'all are a bunch of fucking traitors, hate you all fucking fries. Fun fact, I tried freedom fries, they tasted the exact same, I went to America during that time, they were the same. Richard Dawkins starts tweeting out shit like this, all of the world's Muslims have fewer Nobel Prizes than Trinity College, Cambridge. They did great things in the Middle Ages, though. You can attack someone for his opinion. But for simply stating an intriguing fact, who could guess that a single Cambrian college? Muslims aren't a race. What they have in common is religion rather than trinity. Would you prefer a comparison with Jews? Google it. You're Islamophobic. No, I'm phobic about FGM, whipping women for being raped, pushing gays off buildings, honor killings, death for apostasy, extramarital sex, etc., teaching children anti-Semitic nonsense. I'm not Muslim-phobic. Muslims are main victims of the above. A lot of that's in the Bible. A lot of that's also in the Bible. A lot of the big three. The big three. Guys, I learned this from you and all of you. The big three monotheistic religions, the the Holy Trinity, if you will. I would say the trilogy more like because one after the other. It's like, yes, first we have the Torah, then we have the uh, the Old and the New Testament, and then we finally have the Quran. Each one kind of just uh, does a little bit of improvement upon its predecessor in, in terms of writing a what I consider to be a fictional, fictional narrative myself, but I'm also uh, kind of grown past the fact that if any single person wants to believe in these things or even just enjoy the fact that they associate directly with the religion for familiar reasons or for a sense of belonging or any of that kind of shit 
you do you, not my business. I'm not on that side anymore. Because this used to really be about, like, you can't just be an atheist. You have to be an anti-theist. You have to want to destroy theism, be against theism, the very belief of believing in a theistic deity above you, right? And there used to be uh, amazing, fantastic, uh, multiple deity religions in a variety of cultures. Doesn't matter if you're looking at Indian culture, you look at Greek culture, has many different deities and gods and stuff like that. And we've moved into a monotheistic state where right now most people worship one god, usually Yahweh, the one true path, or whatever your particular god may be, all that kind of stuff. We all remember the memes, oh yes, the flying spaghetti monster, yes, no, was... But listen to this. Listening to the lovely bells of Winchester, one of our great medieval cathedrals, so much nicer than the aggressive-sounding Aluha Akbar, or is it just my cultural upbringing? Sam Harris, obviously edgy atheist to the extreme here. If I could wave a magical wand and get rid of either rape or religion, I would not hesitate to get rid of religion. And you know why? Because religion makes people rape. Yes, that's right. There are commandments within religion, within the Bible itself. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there are actual actual instructions on how to handle knowing one's daughters inside the Bible. So it is the Bible that makes rape possible. Were it not be for religion, there would be no rape. This this was honestly, I, I, if people didn't grow up in the, the 90s edgy atheist shit, and, and honestly, this was honestly the, the start of the pre-Gamergate shittiest parts of YouTube too, because this stuff was fire, especially for young boys. Around. Young boys like myself, like we're fucking eating this shit up as teenagers. It's like, oh shit, yeah, fucking look at these people slamming everyone. There is no God, motherfucker. There's no fucking God. You're all fucking dumb. This, this is not even the germ theory of disease in this book, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. A winged horse. Nah, motherfucker, horses can't fly. I got you. I got you. A burning bush? How long can it burn? It's got a finite amount of fuel. That's when it stops burning, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. God is dead. God is dead, motherfuckers. I got every single one of you. Fuck you all. The other thing is, uh, obviously, Sam Harris, one of the people who did this really, really hard pivot and turn to the whole kind of 1350 stuff. If you don't know, uh, that's people who use uh, some kind of justification to try and explain without uh, a critical race theory lens or a, let's say, sociological lens uh, on how there's an overrepresentation of black men, both in prison and responsible for violent crime. And a lot of the 1350 years will start to talk about things. Well, there's probably a correlation between uh, certain factors that we don't often talk about, uh, obviously. Uh, they could be... Uh, a certain uh, cultural aspect. I'm not going to say genetic because that one's <laughs> that's a little for analogy. Uh, so we're not going to go with the skull measuring. But I will say that there's probably something within their culture, especially uh, that can demonstrate this. And oh, along comes Charles Murray. Oh, what do you got here? You got a book. You got a book on IQ. Ah, the bell curve. There's a curve, you say. And so wait, is are you going to do some studies and research on race and IQ? You are. Okay, so now we know the differences between the intelligence levels of the races. Who's the smartest? Oh, the whites are. Interesting. So how did we come to this determination? Oh, interesting as well. You're saying that it's more reflective, perhaps, of the ability for individuals to take a standardized test in a specific language within a specific time, done in a specific way. And maybe what this is really demonstrating is poverty levels and education levels across America. That that could be it could be what it's showing because that, that that would actually that would actually explain a lot more. You're doing a very specific standardized test, and in that specific standardized test, people within different areas are doing worse. And so, okay, so we know now, years later, uh, that race doesn't exist. There's no such thing. So trying to correlate the two, it's quackery. It's absolute quackery. Trying to be like so, there's a correlation between black people, white people, and their relative levels of IQ levels and intelligence. Uh, it's 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 race science. It's it's actual quackery. We we know because we've done the human genome project. We found out that like there's not actual such a thing as race. Uh, there are people who are othered and treated differently in society because of a bunch of random attributes. Sometimes we attribute it to melanin. Sometimes we attribute it to uh, the way their faces look. Things like that. Uh, we will we will certainly treat them broadly speaking differently in society for these artificial things that we set up. But knowing that they're not real and that we made them up is pretty neat and useful. And so then along comes Sam Cedar. Uh, sorry, not Sam Cedar. Sorry, Sam. I did you dirty. Damn. I was so flawless in the segment. I'm, I, I apologize. Retract that. Uh, Sam Harris. The worst Sam. Uh, so when he was called out on a lot of the stuff, by the way, he did one of those like, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. You want to, if you want to call me out, I, um, I actually, I have a black friend. So, well, less of a friend, but. Uh, a black guest star who did come on to the podcast. So uh, the other thing that I regret, which I think is the thing that you were taking me to task for, and that I understand it, but I do regret that in my preface to the podcast with Murray, 
I didn't add some full discussions of racism in America. The reason I didn't, or certainly at least one reason why I didn't, is that I had maybe two months before that done a podcast with Glenn Lowry, an economist at Brown, who happens to be black. Glenn is fantastic. He's got his own podcast, The Glenn Show, which everyone should watch. Glenn was on my podcast, and we were talking about race and violence in America, and I preface the conversation like so that was that was basically the sam harris response for the entire thing uh really good video by the way if you haven't seen it before stephen j gould i'm not gonna play because it it's a whole seven minutes but look up stephen j gould on intelligence tests way back in the day he's still so based he stood the test of time him and carl sagan baby such such good good dudes dudes rock stephen j gould definitely rocks and basically takes them to town in this old clip from 1995 where it's just like well yes uh, uh okay you, you've demonstrated uh, a, a quantifiable number but what is that number demonstrating and when it comes to iq levels i would say what do you think is happening to black communities in america when we actually have the ownership of housing directly correlated with the quality and funding of school systems within areas as well as a correlation between poverty crime and access to education healthcare stuff like that and 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 whether or not parents or single parents or have to work harder will also play very hard into the ability for any one person to do standardized testing that's what you're demonstrating here. That's what the numbers are showing. This shouldn't be a reflection upon a difference between the intelligence levels of black people and white people because that's weird phrenology, eugenic skull measuring shit. But what this should be showing you is that people will be able to perform on the standardized test at different rates of success based on poverty, education, family, a whole bunch of conditions. That's what you're showing. That's what you're demonstrating. If you want it in more detail, please also watch Sean's video on the bell curve. It's very long, but I mean, it's it's pretty much once you get to the end of that, if you're still someone who's doing the whole astrology for incel IQ shit, where you're just like, well, I tested myself, uh, got a 155, so I think I know, bruh. Oh, well, you, I'm a 167. I'm, I'm basically going to be in Mensa pretty soon. It's pseudoscientific shit. Not that you can't have standardized tests to be able to reflect upon whether or not someone is capable of taking a specific set of standardized testing. That's how people get into medical school, law school. That's what the LSAT is, the MCAT is. I'm not saying these things don't exist and they're not utilized. I'm saying trying to correlate someone's intelligence or the intelligence of a category that does not exist, race, uh, that's, that's the quackery and racist part. So uh, I also have a link in this thread if you want. Here is every major medical association in America. And, uh, and beyond a little bit, uh, that agrees. I'm uh, sorry, this is all my credit. Uh, every medical, um, uh, every major medical association, uh, and blah, I can even speak right now, too excited. Every major medical association in America agrees on both the current understanding of trans people existing, gender-affirming care being a positive thing that can improve the outcomes of people who experience gender dysphoria, the fact that gender, sex, sexuality are separate, the fact that we had once thought there are things like a male brain and a female brain, we have come so far, oh my god, so many different fields have combined, and we have so much more information, a vast amount of knowledge on a topic that is incredibly complex, a topic that is incredibly fascinating, but one in which the more you learn, the funner life becomes, because it turns out, like most things, we're not as boring as we originally thought, just like we used to think that we were the center of the universe, Earth, Earth, like that was it, That like this is it, and then basically the rest of everything is around us. No, it, it turns out we're a very, very small little pale blue dot in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere in a Milky Way galaxy, and there's a lot of other galaxies, a lot of other, like it's just, oh, it's so vast and interesting, it's so much more fascinating than just that simple idea of this is what we used to be that's that's the really cool thing well chico came in he's excited for this um if you haven't seen this before go to transhealthproject.org slash resources slash medical dash organization dash statements if you want to get the list and every single one of their own statements in relation to gender trans people gender theory and by the way they advocate for uh the gender affirming care being a good thing for both uh, cis and trans people because yeah cis people get gender affirming care all the time did, did you want to get hair plugs do you want to get breast implants stuff like that uh that's that's forms of gender affirming care that most people don't even bat an eye at isn't that right chico Hi, buddy. It's good to see you. Say hi to everybody. Uh, biologically, there are many different variations of sex determination. For example, some organisms have more than two sexes. Some, as some species of uh, some, uh, such as some uh, species of fish and reptiles. Uh, gametes, which are uh, reproductive cells involved in sexual reproduction, are also a component of sex. 
In human, there is also a number of intersex conditions where individuals may have variations in sex chromosomes, hormones, or genitalia that do not typically fit male or female characteristics. You can be a woman without a uterus. And this brings us to the story that many of you may not know. The biggest shock was not having a uterus. The film about intersex beauty queen Sharon Rose Kumalo. It takes more than seconds to warm to Sharon Rose Kumalo. The former beauty queen waves away an apology for having croaky COVID voice. That makes two of us. I have strep throat from all the traveling, she says. It's her smile that sets her apart from the other impossibly beautiful finalists in the footage from Miss South Africa 2016. While they pout and pose, Kumalo sounds there with a friendly beam. It's important to be herself in front of the cameras as Miss South Africa. To be authentic, you're basically in the beauty Olympics. It's very easy to fall into the trap of being prim and proper, but I wanted to do it on my own terms. For instance, she says that she let her hair natural and unstraightened or left her hair natural and unstraightened. I was completely, I completed in my own hair. I needed to show me, even if I didn't win, I was willing to risk it. Uh, that was the risk I was willing to take. Kumalo, who's 32, didn't win Miss South Africa, but she did become a bit of a celebrity. So it made headlines two months later when she went public on social media with something she'd only ever told her family, close friends and boyfriends. She is intersex. She'd found out a few years earlier, age 21, when she went to a doctor after waiting years to get her period. She expected to be put on, uh, she expected to put on weight. Instead, Kumalo discovered that she had a genetic condition, androgen uh, insensitivity syndrome, or AIS. Her body has XY chromosomes, but is unable to respond to male sex hormones, so her genitals developed as a female. In a 2016 blog post after Miss South Africa, she spelt out what the condition is. It resulted in Mimi being physically female, but genetically male. Let this one sink in for everyone who always consistently tries to pull this whole, like, oh, intersex does not uh, dispel the idea of the gender binary or the sex binary. It does not prove that. Uh, no, because you will still have a prostate. Okay, well, no, but you will you will still have a certain amount uh, of gametes. Your chromosomes will, will certainly line up with, with what your gender expectation is. Genetically, you are male. Biologically male. You're, bi no, biological male. This is fascinating, and, and it should be to everyone, because it, it shows how, how incredibly complex some of these things can be. What is the one thing that makes you a proud South African woman? What makes me to be a South African woman, to be a proud South African woman. What's the, the preferred term, intersex non-binary? So an intersex person doesn't necessarily have to be trans. They can be trans, but an intersex person is basically someone who has been born by a combination of factors. And it used to be people just thought it was uh, simply uh, an increase in hormones back in the past. We've learned so much now, but they used to think that intersex people, they used to be called uh, hermaphroditic back in the past. That's not the proper term anymore. Now the term is intersex. And they used to think that it was one simple or two simple factors or causations. Now we know that it's a whole bunch of different things. So people who even say, well, yes, but no matter what, they're definitely going to have XY chromosomes, or they're definitely going to have a set amount of coded material in their genetics. Well, they're definitely going to have this or the def... Uh, it's, it's not true. It, it's like we, we learn more about ourselves the more we explore and, and, and go down this pathway, but it's fascinating. Don't be scared of it. God had an agenda, and the agenda had to do with a man and a woman. My God is sexy. If we are all made out of his image, males and females, what does it make him? So if there's anything in between, somebody must come back to the God who created him. Sometimes you meet somebody and they really want kids. Hey, well, that's not possible and here. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Me, I was born with both genitals. My parents knew all of that about me. And so the thing with intersex people as well is they make up a much larger percentage of the population than I'm sure Ben Shapiro would like to accept. Uh, the very conservative estimates put it at 0.07%. That is still, by ratio of the human population in America, that's hundreds of thousands of people. That means there's hundreds of thousands of people who happen to be intersex, as in they cannot determine simply by the basis of their, say, genitals, or simply by the basis of simple factors that are usually done, whether or not they are a male or a female. In the case of intersex people, what often happens, and what's happened for years, by the way, is that the parents will make the decision for uh, the kid. So when a kid is a baby, and this is the, by the way, the genital mutilation uh, that all the transphobes wanted to actually tell you about, it's done to intersex people, and no one back 
bats an eye about it. The parents, and this has been a very common procedure for intersex people. It's like, well, this individual happens to have been born with ovaries, but it does look like they also have a functioning penis. This is your child. What do you want them uh, to be? We will we will try to, uh, you know, do a surgery that will reflect what you would like the gender of the child to be. Uh, and as technology has obviously become more advanced, the ability to also understand and determine other factors about them, such as genetics and stuff like that, can come into play as well. But that's just been the reality of, like, and I'm saying this all as someone who, within the past six or seven years, learned all this shit. I, I I did not know that. This was not common knowledge. It was not, I would say, normie knowledge growing up in my in my generation, especially. Um, like, I, I, I thought, at best, uh, there's such a thing as drag queens. Uh, maybe there are people who are trans, but are, is it like a theater? I'm not sure. Are they playing, like, they, they think they're women in their heads or something? I, I don't, like, a lot of this, at first glance, would have been, like, I would not have, for the life of me, been able to define what the reality of the world is. Because once again, it's one of those things where as you learn more, as, as all of a sudden, you know, the, the we don't actually, we're not the center of the universe. It's not Earth. There's 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 planets outside of us, and, and there's there's structures, and, and those planets have moons uh, that rotate around the planets themselves, and, and beyond that, there's a star, a massive massive star that actually is the energy center for air. all life. All life on our planet would not exist were it not for this star. But this is not even the only galaxy. This is like this is just one of trillions, trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of potential galaxies. Like, and as that expands, obviously you're like, oh, okay, so. I did have a very limited version of this in my head anyway. It was it was very very binary. Boy penis, girl vagina, never never the two shall combine. Doctor said she doesn't see ovaries, she doesn't see a uterus. How does a woman have testes? Undeveloped or not? Hi. Hi for you. <laughs> you are so graceful, Jordan. It feels good to have a big family. You want a big family? Yeah. How about you? So, I can't have kids. How am I going to classify you? He or she? I go by the pronouns they. They? They or them. Yeah. Come on. I'm supposed to either be a male or a female. Like, they're not letting us embrace who we are. So, you're not blaming us on what we did? I'm, I'm not blaming you anymore, but still wish the surgeries didn't happen. I know that there are people like me out there. And you may feel very alone. This is me saying I'm intersex. I haven't seen it, but it looks incredible, by the way. But again, let's just read this one more time. This is the, the, the part where I think a lot of people haven't even begun to wrap their heads around this. Kumalo discovered that she has a genetic condition, androgen insensitivity syndrome, AIS. Her body has XY chromosomes, but is unable to respond to male hormones. So her genitals developed as a female. In a 2016 blog post after Miss South Africa, she spelt out what the condition is. It resulted in me being physically female, but genetically male. I'll spare you the long biology and genetics lecture, but this single-handedly, in its very structure and, and, and our understanding of what it means, destroys the Ben Shapiro's of the world, destroys the Matt Walsh's, her very existence. This, this every single uh, excuse they've tried to do their gold, like, it's goalpost moving, right? Like, every single time Ben Shapiro's like, well, yes, intersex people exist, but they're such a rare phenomenon, and we're just talking about people who are born with multiple genitals. That doesn't mean that they're not genetically biologically male, or genetically biologically female. There's still a binary between the sexes. Genetically biologically female, genetically biologically male. You may have been born with different genitals, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, they are very rare. They're, they're, blah, blah. well, they're not actually as rare as you think. In fact, there's a difference, and, and there's still a, a very heated debate amongst the scientific community about how often people could be classified as intersex. I said the conservative version, which is 0.07%. That's just to give uh, the conservatives the ability to say, okay, fine, he's going on the lowest possible number. The actual estimate is around 1.7 to 2%. 1.7 to 2%? There is more people in that case who are intersex than there are redheads in the United States or in society, broadly speaking. It's it's not a, a, an extreme rarity. Even if it was, that wouldn't prove your point. You can't suddenly just ignore parts of humanity because it doesn't happen very often. But even if that wasn't the case, that would mean that there are more intersex people than there are redheads. 
So do you think redheads shouldn't have civil rights? Do you think redheads shouldn't have uh, the ability to speak about this or be part of the conversation? And I'm sorry, yes, this does throw our previous understanding of sexes into question. Thanks for the Scientific American study, by the way, or article. Um, beyond XX and XY, the extraordinary complexity of sex determination. Humans are socially conditioned to view sex and gender as binary attributes. From the moment we are born, or even before, we are definitively labeled boy or girl. Yet science points to a much more ambiguous reality. The determination of biological sex is staggeringly complex, involving not only anatomy, but an intricate choreography of genetic and chemical factors that unfolds over time. Intersex individuals for whom sexual development follows a typical, an atypical trajectory are characterized by a diverse range of conditions, such as 5-alpha uh, reductase deficiency highlighted in graphic below a small cross-section of these conditions and pathways they follow is shown here in an additional layer of complexity the gender with which a person identifies is not always aligned with the sex that they are assigned at birth and they may not be wholly male or female the more we learn about sex and gender the more these attributes appear to exist on the spectrum not to mention this spectrum is not determined by any one single thing it used to be an argument that it was like well after a certain amount of testosterone is pumped into the human body that's when it becomes a man and they grow the penis it's kind of confusing to all of us how men have the titties haven't truly figured that one out but either way, uh, there are but two sexes, men, women, we do our thing, you get enough testosterone, boom, you become a man, you're a man. Well, it's like, oh, there's actually quite a few combinations and factors that play into that. It's very intricate. It's much more complex. And also, even the XY chromosome, even that alone is not going to be enough. That's not enough of an, of an explanation. That, 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 there are exceptions to that rule. That, that's the part where I think you have to acknowledge it. Even at its most conservative, estimates 0.07% of the population, but it could be as high as 1.7, that hundreds of thousands of Americans who do not fit the proper definition of what a man or woman is based on their genitals or gametes or hormones alone, for comparison, 2% of the U.S. has red hair. Intersex is a general term used for a variety of conditions in which a person is born with reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't quite fit the typical definitions of male or female. For example, a person might be born appearing to be female on the outside but having mostly male typical anatomy on the inside. Or a person may be born with genitals that seem to be in between the usual female and male types. For example, a girl may be born with noticeably a large clitoris or lacking vaginal opening, or a boy or man may be born with a noticeably small penis or with a scrotum that is divided or it is formed into more of a labia. Or a person may be born with mosaic genetics and some of the cells have XX chromosomes, but the others have XY. Again, <laughs> I, like, I didn't even know we could do that. We're wild. Uh, though we speak of intersex uh, as an inborn condition, intersex anatomy doesn't always show up at birth. Sometimes a person isn't found to be intersex anatomy until he or she reaches the age of puberty or finds out as an infertile adult or dies of old age and is uh, a top size. Uh, some people live and die with intersex anatomy without anyone, including themselves, ever knowing which variations of sexual anatomy count as intersex. In practice, different people have different answers to that question. It's not surprising because intersex isn't a discrete or natural category. And this is one of the reasons why it's really hard to estimate where you'll get the numbers. It's like 0.07% of the population is intersex. And then other experts saying like, no, it's actually about 1.7 to 2% of the population is, uh, is intersex. Now... Prostates, uteruses, chromosomes, hormones alone cannot adequately determine what we as a society deem to be the social construct of gender at any given time. What is more masculine or feminine changes over the course of our history, as does the concept of beauty. I present to you what was once considered the standard bearer of the hottie. I know I'm showing full nudity on stream right now. I'm going to risk it. We're going to roll the dice. But I want to point this out. She had abs. All right. There's there's abs here. There's there's muscles. Okay, right now, to find this woman attractive is to be considered gay. If you find this woman hot in any way, shape, or form, you're gay. There's just like, I'm sorry, that's science. But back in the day, this was considered beautiful. Beautiful, yes. And this was considered uh, the, the, the highest levels of beauty. I, 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 I kid you not, yes. This is a man. That is correct. I show you the most masculine of men right now. Yes, from the Renaissance, wearing no less than an entire face of concealer. Well, I mean, most of it was made out of uh, really, really toxic chemicals and actually led a lot of people to various forms of blindness and poisoning. But uh, wearing a whole bunch of, of white makeup, red lipstick, rouge, rouge. Now, I don't know if he was a true man, if he was an alpha man, if he was a fucking man's man and he pinched. Because you know what, fellas? If you're a fucking man, you better fucking pinch your cheeks, okay? Not wearing rouge? What is this, gay shit? No. No, we pinch around these parts. Real men pinch. Real men pinch the cheeks until they flush. 
to denote sexual purity. And also, that's probably why the lipstick was there too. A wig. A wig. Wearing a wig. Yeah. Not a drag queen. Nope. Nope. Not, probably not even part of the LGBTQ+. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I will say uh, the standards have changed, you know? And, and what is considered beautiful changes over time. Right now, there's a lot of controversy by both of these covers. This one, because apparently this is an example of a man being emasculated by a more powerful woman, and there's been a lot of mathematics that have been done to show the the line of angle of power that is going on here, the front presenting, of course, uh, crotch, which means emasculating and cucking his crotch. Standards of beauty again changing. We have a whole bunch of uh, individuals here who happen to be trans, who are all obviously incredibly gorgeous in their own ways, but again, the standards of beauty can be f confusing. I know a lot of people might look at these individuals and immediately think, well, I mean, yes, as a, a straight man, uh, the, the, the woman in the middle, that, that is certainly attractive to me. It's like, okay, yes, good point. What else is there to say? Do, do we need more? Does, do we need to keep getting confused? Standards of beauty change over time. Historically, the Roman emperor, Elagabalus, is that it? Or e Elagabalus, Elagabalus, the Roman Emperor Elagabalus, Elagabalus, uh, who ruled from 2018 to 2022 CE, was born male but reportedly identified as female, and they took on traditionally feminine roles and attire and pronouns. They preferred he, she, and they. Uh, they also reportedly married multiple men. People refer to two-spirit in modern indigenous cultures. That's most modern indigenous people when they refer to themselves as two-spirit. That doesn't just mean that they happen to identify as trans. They can be completely cis and say that they are two-spirit. That means that they are both indigenous and LGBTQ+. That's the modern use of two-spirit. But did you know that before colonization, before white people did the genocide, indigenous cultures actually had a bunch of words in their language? I'm not talking about two-spirit. Learn some words right now that directly represent transitioning from a man to a woman respecting the fact that men can have women's identities, different uh, forms of those identities. This is all going to be in the Lakota language. To illustrate the diversity of meanings that Two-Spirit contains, consider the following. In Lakota, the word winkne means to be as a woman and refers to two-souled Lakota people who transgress boundaries of gender from what may be considered male to female. In Diné, nadleje means those who transform and refers to one of four separate genders. Masculine feminine, masculine masculine, feminine masculine, and feminine feminine. E this freeze frame right here, this this freeze frame, if you, you want to take the screenshot, uh, that does not look good for Matt Walsh. Not great for Matt Walsh's narrative. Because Matt Walsh's narrative is basically, he's saying that uh, apparently trans people were invented in the 90s by the gay community for clout. That's that's his understanding of the known universe. That's his his, his historical understanding of, of where trans people come from. Something just something something invented in the '90s and suddenly exists. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um, so this this all exists without Western culture. This is pre-colonial. So uh, yeah, th th these are words uh, for understanding, words for uh, describing, words for discussing the fact that there are individuals who do not fit within a strict gender binary. And yes, of course, there is a bunch of historical violence that happens with indigenous communities. I, you know, as a, a white native myself, I do not, uh, I do not believe in whitewashing uh, the idea and turning uh, indigenous people into both this weird kind of like, oh, the noble savage who could do no wrong. That's almost as weird as people who in the opposite direction talk about how they're all cannibals and rapists and warmongers. No, there was violence, there was rape, there was war. That's just part of history. Uh, there wasn't uh, cleansing and genocide and the North Atlantic slave trade. Sorry, Europeans. That was you. Uh, that 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 that's all your shit. Uh, but either way, uh, there was also a a better understanding, in my personal opinion, of a lot of these concepts uh, than the Puritans brought. I I feel like the Puritans and the Christians they brought a lot of hangups. They they got a lot of their own shit. They're kind of working through, so they're they kind of come into the new world, and they're all like, "Oh, thou shalt not, thou thou." It's like, uh, yes, but uh, we do happen to have uh, individuals who don't maybe fall within the strict uh, gender binary. But honestly. Queer history is amazing. Queer history is beautiful. Uh, it, it goes so far. There's like, the, I, haven't, I haven't even given you all of the stories. I'm trying to do like obviously quick summaries of a lot of the things that happened. But if you start looking it up, like we're in such a good way to be able to put
push back against uh, a Matt Walsh who will come forward and be like, oh, well, how did he put it? This umbrella term was invented by gay activists in the 90s. No ancient culture has anything remotely resembling the modern concept of transgenderism. And then like two seconds on Google reveals around 5,000 to 3,000 BC, uh, Gala, described as an androgynous or trans priest of the Sumerian goddess Inanya, uh, spoke about their own dialect and took feminine names. Sometime between 200 and 300 BC in ancient Greece, some gods were worshipped by Gali priests who wore feminine attire, identified as women, and therefore have been identified by scholars as early transgender figures. In the 4th century, Anastasia, the Patricia-led uh, life of Constantinople, the capital of the Roman Empire, had spent the remainder of his life dressed masculinely as a monk and has become viewed by some scholars as trans. In South Asian, at least eight known gender expansive identities have historically been presented in the subcontinent, the well-known being uh, the, Hij um, the Hijra? I think it's Hijra. Yeah, the Hijra third gender uh, people, historical, spiritual, and cultural significance of South Asian society. Hijra and individuals of diverse gender identities have been well-documented in religious and cultural texts and legends. These individuals often form interconnectable communities for communities well survival. Like, if you want to ignore the, the, the sum total of human history, if you want to eat, and I'm, for a lot of these guys, I assume it's like you want to just enjoy the world from the lens of Western uh, imperialism and chauvinism, but even in Western imperialism and chauvinism, you're going to run into a lot of queers, you know? I mean, if you're going to go back as far as the Romans, if you're going to go back as far as the Greeks, the Spartans, fucking dudes were fucking dudes, you know? It was, it was, it was a lot more acceptable for homies, especially warriors, to suck each other's dicks, to, to be frenzies, and, and, and a little more. You know, uh, it, like there, there was so much open gay shit that was happening all the time that, yeah, even within, you know, the, the good old origins of Western Judeo culture before. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, a lot of the European continents both existed as nations, and once they started as nation states, and they spread around the world trying to spread uh, the, the white superiority everywhere they went, before all that happened, there was still a, a lot of gay shit. A lot of, lot of gay shit. Just history is a history of gay shit. Numerous different scientific fields like neurology and psychology are coming to the same conclusions about sex and gender and how, they can, how the concept of a male brain or a female brain was rudimentary in its understanding. The concept of Earth was once the center of the universe so that we once thought all blood types were the same. We've got amazing new discoveries that give us fascinating insights into ourselves. I wanted to give a shout out to, to a really talented artist. Uh, the work of artist uh, Deborah Roberts specifically plays in how gender and gender nonconforming people in society are perceived and how that intersects with racialization and colonization. Uh, the name of this piece is You Don't You Don't Stand or You Don't Look Like a Girl, I believe. Um, and it's honestly, her uh, entire catalog is, is deeply, deeply fascinating. Uh, and yes, I hear you say that I'm just a scuffed ass comedian, but please go back to this resource if you want to know what the actual scientists think about this because yesterday billboard chris came after me and was like oh yeah fucking you're lying listen to all these experts talk about how necessary detransition is now uh, has become and obviously he's got the one or two doctors who are willing to throw away the entirety of the scientific body and community in order to give testimony that they destroyed someone's life because they detransition yeah don't listen to him listen to the scientists let's like please go go share uh, the work of multiple, uh, like again, every major medical association in the United States agrees upon this shit. And I get it. That a lot of it for some people seems like nonsense. If you've got Bill Nye the science guy who's like, there's now 75 different genders. Have you heard of this? Like, obviously a lot of people are going to be like, okay, well that's just made up nonsense. Yeah. What are you, what are you trying to do, Bill Nye? Like a lot of people, I don't know if y'all remember that. He had a Netflix show. That's when people I noticed really, really started like openly 24 seven pushing back against this shit. It was like Bill Nye was like the centerpiece. The link? Oh yeah, I'll share it. It's the Trans Health Project. You should all be on the Trans Health Project already ready just to get all the information you need also uh, i would uh, highly recommend checking out um the uh let me pull up the link uh the intersex society of north america which i believe is isna.org uh, that's where you can learn a lot about uh intersex people uh and how yes intersex people are not necessarily trans people just as trans people are not necessarily intersex there are intersex people who are trans there are trans people who are intersex that is true but by definition no intersex people are not necessarily trans people and uh yeah the the more information that is spread around about that the better obviously did i 
Sure, that got that good. Do you just mention the trans people they expect in the second millennium BCE? I didn't know that one. Step back history goes through dozens of cultures. We we watched that video a couple days ago. That's where the uh, the redhead stat really like hit home. Again, though, you will get pushback if you if you say, oh well, there are more intersex people than there are redheads. They'll say like, well, no. Some some academics do p point out that there's zero point zero seven percent. Even so, zero point zero seven percent is still hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans. I think it's like two hundred thirty three thousand or something like that. That's still a lot of fucking people all right you don't just get to discount hundreds of thousands of human beings because it's inconvenient for your own understanding or narrative at any given time oh and yeah i guess the summary of all this is genuinely fuck richard dawkins uh i, I say that as someone who's a massive richard dawkins fans there's uh, unfortunately going to be moments in in history where people who were once your heroes they just stop they, they're just like you know what uh, this is weird and scary to me I've, I've learned enough and it'll happen to you there's a lot more going on than meets the eye Female or male, gay or straight, pink or blue, we were taught to see these as binary. Now we're realizing it's more like a kaleidoscope. And this stuff isn't just for adults. Parents know this already. Kids explore gender, expression, attraction before they've ever heard of a spectrum. Take sex. We used to think it was pretty straightforward. X and a Y chromosome for males, two X's for females. But we see more combinations than that in real life. And even for people with just two sex chromosomes, hormones can vary wildly. So can anatomy. What makes... This isn't, like, I know everyone's like, oh, Bill Nye went political. Fuck you, Bill. Why'd you have to bring politics? No, this is a, a person who is reflecting his understanding of the known literature of the scientific community. It's like, oh, oh, so this is the new stuff that we've discovered. Interesting. Okay, yeah, so I thought it was just a simple binary. XX, XY. But, but oh, there's a bunch of other stuff going on here. Neat. Neat. New information. New, new, new things to talk about. New, th new ways to understand. Wow, we're, we're way more complex than we thought we were. That's fascinating. That's beautiful. That, that, that's incredible. Why does everyone have to be a fucking uh, a one or a six on the Kinsey scale? Why, why does everyone have to be, I'm a hardcore heterosexual, I'm a hardcore homosexual. Why, why, why is it more fascinating that there's actually, there's a spectrum. Some some people can be 100% heterosexual They only and, and, her, and they only want to be in romantic relationships. Uh, you know, if they're a dude with women, that's them. That's their whole life. That's all they want to live. And then just randomly at one point in their lives, they might be walking down and see a poster of a soccer player without a shirt and then imagine what his cock looked like and then immediately be like, oh, well, that was weird. But then that, that's it. And that's as far as it goes. But that's that's just one person's truth, you know? And maybe it's just a little bit more interesting at that moment than, than it was before. Someone male or female isn't so clear cut. How about attraction? Some people argue the natural thing is to only be attracted to the opposite sex. But in practice, it ain't so simple, kids. Some people are gay, some are bi, some are asexual, and some will take whatever they can get. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I don't remember this one being a little, you know, didn't, didn't know uh, Bill Nye was making some uh, self-deprecating sexual humor. All right, Bill, I'm here for this. I'm here. Hey, if people need a spoonful of self-deprecation to, to help the woke go down, I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. Hell yeah. Communicate. It's another sexy sliding scale. When you throw in gender, it gets even more colorful. By three or four, most kids identify with a gender, and it doesn't always match the sex they were assigned at birth. And a person's gender identity may change over their lifetime. And culture is getting us new ways to express all of this. How you dress, how you act, talk, how you present yourself to the world. It should be up to you. Sure, this might make things confusing for those who insist everyone pick an M or an F. But people, we have to listen to the science. And the science says we're all on a spectrum. Bill gets it. Based. Based. Bill Base, the science guy. Hell yeah. And again, this is not something that should, like, obviously it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. As someone who grew up with Bill Nye, the science guy, Bill, 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 Bill. I'm very happy to see him just honestly be on the right side of this. But if you happen to be someone who actually 
consistently is like I'm going to follow the science on issues. I, I'm going to understand that this is our best way of interpreting the universe and the world around us. And at any given time, as the information changes, I too will have to change my own understanding of the like. If that's your guiding principle, as it seems like it was for Bill Nye, then yeah, as new discoveries come in, we have better technology. We can understand and scope, and we can even sometimes map the way the human mind re responds to impulses, like electrical signals. We can see them now, and we can actually characterize what we once thought was considered the human brain, the male brain, and the female brain. And the very idea of there being a male brain or a female brain was actually kind of misguided. It seems like there's just, uh, like everything else, as more we get into this, a spectrum. A spectrum. That's so much more interesting than, than a rigid binary. Our labels, our fashion, even our washrooms are still catching up to that truth. I think you'll find when we look at sexuality this way, it is more complicated, but it's also a lot more honest. And it's more interesting. Shit, I'm ace, married to a woman, but find some men aesthetically pleasing. And that was the thing that broke a lot of, uh, I guess, what, sexual people, uh, our, our brains when trying to understand ace or aromantics was that, like, everyone thought uh, that, like, like anything else, there's just one kind. It's just like, oh, yes, there's, there's asexual people. That's about it. It's like, no, oh, no, 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 like everything else, there's a spectrum. Oh, you silly sexual people. No, no, that's, that's not the reality of the situation. There's aromantic people, there's asexual people, there's asexual people who still can find a physical attraction. There's people who can have a sexual attraction to someone else only when they're in love with them. They're called demisexuals. There's just like, there's a variation. It would seem like there's, there's it's, again, it's not just a, a one a one size fits all. Because maybe that's just the easiest way sometimes you wrap your head around it. We're like, oh, okay, well, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I think ace people are valid. Ace, asexual people are valid but my understanding of asexual people is that they just don't want to have sex so they, they're not attracted to anyone they, when they see the, the the naked physical body there will be no sexual attraction that's my understanding so i'm gonna leave it there that sounds I, i'm i'm progressive and woke right did it i just did a woke did i did i get a plus one woke asexuals i learned a lot tonight i mean i'm this cis male guy who's been living in this world but this stuff to me from a scientific standpoint is just cool Base. science is the process by which we understand nature, by yes. which we understand our place in the world, how we all fit in. And so every one of these insights is just so exciting for me. We, working together, can dare I say it, save the world. So everybody, that's our show. <laughs> and the right lost their minds. <laughs> and the right has completely melted down. Oh my god, Ben Shapiro just drove his car into a building. What is going on? Everything is happening. Civil war has enacted. Tim Pool is giving instructions. Everyone is circling up. Do you enjoy the surfs, but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form. Available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Juice, we shall spend many a generations building mighty cathedrals in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your oafish jesters, here to offer you a laugh at any opportunity. To our brave knights of the round table, Rachel K., Izzy Solidarity, Victoria Bell, Sebastian Demel, Mark Harmon, Benji Arney, Scary Earth Human, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Everything Important, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Doug Katie, Daniel Sutton, Jenna Tao, Dark Puppy, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, Multimondi, Trevbot EXE, Brian Ephraim, Anthropofojak, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Ralph Parler, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, La Media Panza, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our valiant heroes off to fight injustice everywhere.